the Wrestling Wars podcast often goes into mature subjects and can use explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everyone in to the Wrestling Wars Podcast. We got a huge jam-packed episode for everybody today. We're going to go over Clash of the Champions. We're going to go over Raw, SmackDown, and maybe, possibly, our second-to-last segment ever discussing TNA. They got BFG coming up this weekend, but BFG might stand for Bound for Going the Fuck Out of Business. Uh, (laughs) We are also going to have a special mailbag segment at the end of the episode where you our listeners are participating in the show giving us stuff to cover joining me tonight as per usual is my co-contributor kb he is a columnist for wrestlingrumors.net he writes reviews and ebooks on his website kbwrestlingreviews.com kb what's up man ready to go uh yeah very much so um very jazzed about this whole possible having my sanity back with uh, the down for glory thing. But well, one less we'll fucking that, thing. We'll that. Yeah, that's driving you fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, unfortunately enough, we're gonna have to start off with a segment of. We're gonna have to start off with a segment of the show that are the things that are driving me insane, which is the Raw brand of the WWE. Now, I must say, we'll start off on a uh, somewhat positive note, where I will say that hey, you know what? Clash of the Champions was not a bad wrestling show by any means. It was just a very hard-to-connect-with show, as is everything on the Raw brand. Overall, how'd you feel about Clash of the Champions? I really liked it. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, It was really just... I know... Okay. It's one of those shows where the... The individual matches might not add up to the grand total, but if you look at it as just a bunch of one-off matches, they it was quite good. And with a show like Clash of Champions, where it's really just there because they've decided we need 19 pay-per-views a year, uh, because the network isn't enough yet, uh, I thought it was very good. Uh, especially with the expectations I had going in. Yeah, every match that really wasn't a bad match on the show... Um pacing was real good. I thought the mm-hmm. crowd was really into it. Yep. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so to start things off, we'll give our general thoughts on that because Raw and Clash of Champions kind of molds together and we don't want to yeah. be giving you guys a, a, a War and Peace fucking length podcast here. But um, as a general start the show, um, as much as I love the New Day... Uh, this I'm 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 kind of starting to look towards the horizon and look forward to what might be next for these guys. It kind of seems like they've kind of run out of they've kind of reached the top of what they're ever going to be. Yeah, I don't know how much bigger or better they're going to be. How much more spin could be put on them? Um, I think this is pretty much. Where do you see them, and how do you see that act? Well, at this point, as we've talked about before, they almost have to break Demolition's record at this point. They've certainly built it up well enough. And this is one of those records no one has gotten this close 
since the 80s. They they would break the record about a week and a half before Christmas, so why not at this point? Yeah, go ahead and go there, yeah. Yeah, that's one of those records that's going to take forever to build up again, at least over another year. Um, But yeah, I really... They're kind of to the point of, like, where Edge and Christian got, where, yeah, they're the tag team champions, but... Okay, we've done that. The problem is, um, Kofi's had a fine career by himself, um, and he'll be fine on his own again, because you don't have that kind of athleticism and talent in the ring and not be good. Big E, um, he has, he's kind of like a, a lesser version of, uh, a better version of Jason Jordan, where he's great with someone around him. He's not been that great on his own, at least not in WWE. Well, the uh, way they booked him the first time oh, was really kind of shitty, and... This was, you know, way before he began showing the the promo ability and the charisma mm. and the, uh, you know, the the personality that he has now. Um, yeah. So I think that he could be in for a huge run after after this thing breaks apart. Yeah. Well, I mean, I at some point I would have no problem with Kofi going near the world title scene. I mean, he's proven he can be serious. He can have good matches. He's got a long list of titles. He's probably, I think he might be a Hall of Famer yet. I mean, and in this era, with the brand split, oh yeah, what is uh, what's it going to hurt? You know, yeah, really. I was talking about it. I don't know if you recall, but um, it might have even been last year before they turned them babyface. Mm-hmm. I was already talking about. There is no reason, especially with the lack of depth with heels on the show. Mm-hmm. There was no reason that Kofi Kingston couldn't have won. Couldn't have been like a money in the bank level. Yeah, I remember that uh, competitor with New Day helping him cheat and try to win the belt. So uh, I'm totally on board with that. A short run uh, going against whoever the champion may be as well for for him as well after this gets done. Yeah, I mean this has bought them this has bought them job security for probably the rest of their careers. Uh, just I mean when at WrestleMania weekend it was everywhere you saw that blue. So they have made a fortune for the company already. Um, they're a good story. They have good matches. The fans love them. Uh, but yeah, you kind of want to. You, I'd kind of like to see them lose the titles to somebody, um, and then after the record, have them lose, and then kind of go their separate ways. Not break up, but just have them kind of like drift apart a little bit instead of having a big breakup angle like the Shield did. Um, I mean, just you don't. You can have them come back together for special occasions or to like fight a common enemy or something, but you don't need to have them doing the same thing all the time. Well, and unlike the Shield, who they decided to break up when they were almost damn near at their absolute hottest. Yeah. Now you know you don't want them to run the new day into into the ground and drag it out forever and ever to where people have lost interest. Um, I don't think we're anywhere near the uh, what were they called the legacy, right? Yeah. They're not anywhere in the in the realm of uh, oh, legacy no. fucking no. territory where the breakup no. happened about two years after it fucking should have. Yeah, but it's starting to get there to where it's like you know what else? What else is there going to be for these guys? Yeah. Now that being said, they do have the ability to just get so much stupid stuff over just by sheer willpower. Just, I mean, it, and that's w- fucking needed in this day and age. In the WWE. I mean, it just it, it's it's it gives you flashbacks occasionally to like Austin and Rock, where they could just say the dumbest stuff, but just they have that look on their face, and you tell them no. You right. Know, just, I mean, they have a cereal called Bootios, and they sell them in stores. Speaking of booty, uh, what do we? Th- 
What what do you think of the cruiserweight match? Is this a continuation of uh, our anger and rage from the first night, or I thought that it started off really kind of like clunky and weird, and then they kind of kicked shifted into the gear a little bit, got going, um, and there was actually, I mean, you've watched more than I have, but I've watched a lot of fucking wrestling and especially you know a lot of cruiser stuff. I've never seen the that. Hurricanrana from the inside to the outside spot from the ropes. That was pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. Um. So, I thought it was it. It started off rough, but it ended up a lot more decent than it started off. Yeah. Um. The match was okay. Uh. I gave it a C plus. So certainly not certainly acceptable. Uh. For a ten minute match with basically two new with basically a newcomer and a guy that some people might remember. Yeah. Because um, if you're less than like eighteen, there's a good chance you don't remember much about Kendrick. Um, well, especially too the 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 Brian Kendrick run was yeah not even a year was it? No, I mean no, there was so. there there was Lundrick if you remember them, yeah. but um, but uh, I thought it was okay. Perkins is fine for the he he's kind of reminiscent of a Billy Kidman, um, with just that pretty basic look, but he can go in the ring really well. Mm-hmm. He's likable. Uh, his promos are fine. The problem here, and this is what I said in the review, why am I supposed to care about either of these guys? That's, uh, that's a good question. That continues continues to be asked and continues to be a struggle. Yeah. Um, if we may cross over to Raw, because like I said, this segment's going to be kind of combined. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was very fucking apparent while I'm switching back and forth from the debate and Raw. Uh... Like when they trotted out Drew Drew Gulak, mm-hmm. just oh my goodness the, the the innovator of silence. Like who is this guy? Like okay, some of the you know some of the other competitors they have an interesting look. Rich Swan dances. Um, people are aware of Cedric Alexander, but then you just trot out a, a you know one of those mean grappler, you know fucking Ring of Honor style guys and. What do you what do you give in the crowd to fucking latch on to yeah. and and it's yeah I I'm trying my best yeah to um stay away from from the pointy head uh you you're not you're you already went full tinfoil hat with this I'm <laughs> trying to fucking avoid that for as long as I can and but it's I mean they're they're not they're not giving us any characters right they're not uh embellishing who these guys are why you should care about them both cruiserweight segments were put on during the debate when uh you know everybody's not watching raw yeah there's there's some concerning things going on well okay here's just my wife and I were in the arena for raw on monday and that was definitely the the, the match where the tag match was where everybody was going to get popcorn mm-hmm. because who are these people? We don't know who you are, and we have no reason to care. There was an, I, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Alexander and Swan got an inset promo saying, hey, we're here, we're having fun, we're not going to underestimate our guys, we, our opponents, we saw what they can do in the tournament. They didn't air that in the arena. Oh, they didn't? <laughs> no. That's a little bit strange. Yeah, that did not air. Uh, and my wife, who didn't watch any of, the, any of the Cruiserweight Classic, was like, who are these people? Mm-hmm. They're just flipping around. I don't know who they are. They're just doing moves to each other for a couple of minutes. 
Not to mention, this. I believe that came right after the Stephanie Foley promo, which sucked the life out of the arena. We'll get to that later, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> God damn. Um, but, okay. My other problem with the cruiserweights, uh, and I got this watching NXT tonight, where the cruiserweights were around again. And again, they main evented. Look, um, first of all, you little spoiler fucker, don't be, don't be spoiling. Okay. What I will say about NXT, though, cause just because I happened to come across it on Twitter... Well, you know, and and we're both the biggest NXT supporters that there are. But I gotta call a spade a spade. What the fuck were they thinking, having Mandy Rose go against Amber Amber Moon? Already, like, why are you beating either one of those people? What What are you doing? Well, the difference is, I can give NXT the benefit of the doubt with that. I okay, um, but it's still yeah. Those are your um, two stars. What are you doing, like future stars? What Thank are you, you doing putting this match on already and having having Mandy Rose who whose skills aren't up to par with her look? Well, you don't fucking beat her already. What? What? Well, to be fair though, NXT knows how to build people back up. Bailey and Sasha lost forever. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They, the NXT knows. For one thing, NXT do, isn't going to keep talking about her losing time after time after time. Like you'll hear from JBL and Cole. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, that was fine. I thought you can uh, Rose. It, it was fine. The Rose even got in a little offense, so Anyways, it wasn't a squash. It wasn't a squash. Back to the cruiserweights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so told we dig- we digress too much. Yes, we have, and we do. Um, but anyway, the main event of the show was Hideo Itami against Lince Dorado. Mm-hmm. It was a good match. It was a very good match, actually. Um, uh, I'm assuming you're gonna you can guess who won on that. Um, mm. And uh, here's the problem with it. Okay, Atami is, I think he's like listed as 190. Yeah. He's a small guy, but he wrestles as a heavyweight in NXT because that's all they have there. Yeah. He wrestles against other heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. So if a cruiserweight like Dorado can give him a run for his money like he did, why would Dorado or any other cruiserweight on Raw... Stick only to the cruiserweight division. Yeah, exactly. This we, has and, been this has been readily brought up uh, oh, I know on other is. podcasts. Um, yeah, and the MLW the, ones I like to listen to is especially like on Raw, where a lot of your roster, like Finn Balor, was their number one babyface until yep. Seth Rollins hurt him. You know, and and Sami Zayn is one of your better guys, even though he loses all the time. Yep. And Enzo was one of your better guys, even though he loses all the time. Um, so Rollins. where? Where's the cruiserweight division end, and the guys who work with other heavyweights start? Right. It's yeah, it's been I mean, kind of a true. kind of a weird thing. Yeah, the same thing is true. I mean, going back even a couple of years, you had Brian and Punk who would easily fit yeah. the cruiserweight limit. I mean, you yeah. can gimmick the weights. You know, just I mean, there's no logical reason for them to fight over a title that has an official lineage of like a week and a half. Or two weeks or whatever it is. Just there's no. Why would they waste their time with that? They can, unless they're just going to have it be like TNA, where if a if, an, if a, a cruiserweight goes against a heavyweight and gets squashed, which they're not stupid enough to do that, I don't think. Why would you do that? Um, why would any cruiserweight want to do that? It's just a bunch of random matches like that tag where there's no reason for them to fight. Um, they're trying to do that purple ring, that purple rope thing, which that is tripping me the fuck out. How do they do is. that? They it's tape. They just put tape over the ropes. And did they take it off then again? Yeah. Well, yeah. 
I was okay. So they so they are purple ropes. Yeah. I was like, how the fuck? Okay, I, I didn't know they could do that that fast. I guess that's what, well, what I'm tripping it, out on here. It, it takes a commercial, and there's always a promo before a cruiserweight match. Okay, Keep an eye because on that. like on the show on that on Clash of Champions, I was like, how did they have? Did the sh- did they start with purple ropes? Like, where did this happen? When did this happen? Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then but it happened again on Raw. So I'm like, is it like a light trick or what the fuck? Okay, yeah. they tape them. Oh, I didn't well, know they could tape them that fast. That's well, the thing is, for one impressive. thing, the ring crew is like 25 people. Yeah. I mean, like we saw that you could see them on Monday. You could see we were looking at the hard cameras, and you could see every time a match was about to end, this group of like twenty-five guys in black shirts would just rise up and be <laughs> like waiting at the entrance or um, at the uh, like next to the timekeeper. This goes back. This is once again evidence of the point I was making about the cruiserweight championship being better off being a part of NXT. Uh, the crowd would have appreciated the match that Kendrick and TJ put on at the pay-per-view much better if it was an NXT. Yeah. Because if you get a main roster crowd and they hear cruiserweights, they're expecting flippy doodahs the whole match. Yeah. Down in NXT, they appreciate a more nuanced uh, ground-based match that mixes in and flips. Yeah. But also, it's... The re the way because this is I think one of our main issues with the cruiserweight division and will be going forward is what we're talking about here with the di- the, the dissidents between the cruisers and the rest of the roster and why would you stay with cruiser when a lot of the guys who wrestle for the world title are near that weight limit or or look like it or wrestler a similar style. Mm-hmm. Well, like we talked about down in NXT, the way you solve that is. Then in NXT, the Cruiserweight title would be seen as around the same level as the NXT title. And you could have guys cross over and wrestle for it. And you could have the title main event a pay-per-view. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You could book it that way to where it would work down there. On the main roster, that's just not... This is never going to happen. Right. Yeah, on top of that, when you go from Brian and Morrow who clearly love this stuff and yeah. know everything there is to know about it, to Cole, Graves, and Saxton, a lot of it is lost in translation. There, I mean, Cole hasn't really done a good call, an exciting call, in years. Graves is there mainly for snark, but he's really good at being just a standard heel commentator. And Saxton is Saxton. Saxton. We'll discuss him a little later on. Yeah. Uh, so many problems with that division. And there's so many things that they're not going to be able to overcome. Um, mainly just, here's a bunch of guys. Um, they don't really have any characters or personality, but we guarantee you they were all really good in that tournament. Now, the fact that they were all really good in that tournament would suggest that they're all kind of on the same level. So there's The no tournament that most of you didn't watch... Right, but you can watch anytime on the WWE Network, and we know you'd rather watch a 10-week tournament with a bunch of people you don't know than, like, WrestleMania. Well, uh, well, let's, uh, we can, it might be a little bit early for this, but right now, we'll do a bold prediction, over-under. When, when is this, when is this ending? The Cruiserweight Division? The Cruiserweight Division. I give it a year. A year?! Yeah. How's that for bold? 
the, you think it's going to last a fucking year? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> if you mean a year as in by 2017, that's what I'm going to fucking say. It will not be on the main roster in 2017. Okay. Here's the thing, though. I would say two words to that. Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's, that's Roman Reigns, though. That's Vince's pet fucking horse prince. And this is Not Triple H. This is Triple H's. H's. Wait, well, <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it is Triple H's baby. And so then it'll be put back with Triple H's other baby, and they can be babies together. Mm, that would be, I'd, I'd, I hope you're right. Because um, it's... The Cruiserweights down there... Dorado got a good reception, probably because it's a lot. Probably a lot of the same people. Yeah, oh yeah that watch the tournament, the and it's just a different. It's a different audience that appreciates different things, and that's what they want. They know these people. A lot of the, yeah. they they know a lot of the guys that are in it. Yeah. Um. I mean, at Raw later on in the match, people were at people later on in the show. The fans around me were asking, "Where's Dean Ambrose?" Uh, Wheeling, West Virginia, at a house show for yeah, SmackDown. That's that's tremendous. Yeah, just, you expect them to know who Lindsay Dorado is over there on the A show, baby. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. So, moving on in the show, we can do the women's division. I thought that was a fine match, um, but one of the things, just the kinds of things that drive me fucking crazy, uh, if it's a triple threat and it's a non DQ. Why is Dana Brooke not interfering until the end of the match? Black convenience. I just... Immersion-breaking logic gaps. Which, coincidentally, is going to be one of our answers to that special mailbag section that's coming up later on in the show. Uh, I guess your answer would be so they don't eject her and she can help when it's more strategically necessary. See, what sucks is you could have booked that, like, cool, like an old-school um, tornado four-way kind of fucking deal. You know what I'm saying? Where she's not necessarily in the match, but she's in the fucking match. Yeah. And so Bailey and Sasha work together, but sometimes they don't because it's two-on-two. Two. <laughs> you know? Instead, you got Dana Brooke, who could freely interfere all she wants, watching her mentor get two-on-one her ass beat. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue Charlotte had said, don't interfere until I actually need it. Um, well, you could, but that's not what happened. So. Yeah, I know. You, you, there are so many stretches in logic to being a wrestling fan. It gets very tiresome. Um, but yeah, there's no real reason that she shouldn't have, unless you could argue that like Foley was watching in the back and would have come out and dealt with her herself, which, again, is something uh, you again, can... Again, things that are not things that have not been said. You know yeah. what was said? You know what was fucking said? What was it? By you, Uh-oh. motherfucker. The Uh-oh. top heel in fucking wrestling is on my podcast right now. You just had to fucking say it. Last week. <laughs> Go on. Fuck. You just had to fucking say that they were going to tag up Seamus and Cesaro, and this, would not, this nightmare would not fucking be over. And now, here we are. We almost didn't make it because Cesaro almost killed him fucking self. Jumping that suicide dive. Yeah. Please never do that again. Um, hey, fair fucks to both guys. Pretty solid match, actually. Which is a big time feat because I was sitting here thinking there's like nothing they could possibly do that would make me 
be okay with watching this again. And they did a pretty good fucking job. And then... And then... There's... This could be an, the ultimate daisy chain of stupid fucking ideas. Because they don't fucking finish the, fe- the feud. The best out of seven. Nope. Then they tag them up. And the, one of those odd couple tag teams that are always so fucking great. Oh my god. If they beat the New Day. And they will. If they're the ones who take the fucking belts off the New Day. And they don't put over an actual tag team. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, where do you begin with this one? Um, yeah, uh, I had to take my glasses off on Monday night because I was face palming so hard. With tears? No, because I was face palming so hard I would have broken the things and I had to drive home. Uh, so it just, you could feel it coming. As soon as he brought them both out there, you could feel it coming. And it was going to be stupid. And it was. Um, Yeah, there's no... This screams, hey, you know what we should do? We should come up with a way to waste these guys and just do nothing with them. It's not like we could have one of them lose and then quit and then show up on SmackDown where they actually need mid-card talent. Uh, Or it's not like Cesaro could go to SmackDown. Yeah, I don't even want... Oh, my God. I don't even want to talk about that. Think about Cesaro. Oh, my God. They've already... Daniel Bryan has already referenced it on mm-hmm. Smack, Talking Smack. Yep. Cesaro has already talked about how he was mad. He didn't get to go to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. We just talked about on the last show how SmackDown needs a fucking baby face to go after the belt, the AJ Styles, and then how amazing would could a series of title matches with Cesaro and AJ Styles be? Oh, yeah. you could. It, I was thinking Miz against Cesaro, but that works too. Excellent. Yeah. Either one, the fact that there are multiple options you could go with over there sums the whole thing up. But no, we're getting Cesaro and Sheamus as a wacky European odd couple team because for some reason it was decided we needed two belts and one is silver and the other is bronze. I still don't get that. Even though Slater, when the belts were unveiled, said he wanted to go after some gold and then had to look at the belt and say, wait, hold on. But no, instead, we've got one, two sets of tag titles and Cesaro and Sheamus because who else is going to go after them on Raw right now? Anderson and Gallows have been dispatched. Speaking who, of who else is going to go after them, what the, what the fuck happened with Enzo and Cass and the Shining Stars? Nothing. I said it when we were discussing it on the website. I said, um, so... Because I didn't watch, I was watching football. I said, "Hey guys, what happened in the in the the pre-show match?" Because surely, surely, Enzo and Cass against the Shining Stars happened on the pre-show, didn't it? Because they've been building up this feud, and this is what Enzo and Cass have been doing on Raw. So, like, obviously, they wouldn't have just not had it on the fucking pay-per-view. Why does this stuff keep surprising you? So, are we just like retconning that and? Shining Stars disappear again, and Enzo and Cash just wasted the last however many weeks. Yeah. They're probably off playing Pokemon Go with Golden Truth. What and, the and, fuck? 
and Brazongo, who also has disappeared lately. Because the writers can't handle that many teams at once, and even and when they need teams, let's just let them go. Look, I know... Sh- man. Having a, a... You have a brand split. Oh my god. The roster is split in half! And you can't manage to get the most overact on your show onto a fucking pay-per-view during a brand split era. That is just... Just fucking unacceptable. There's no fucking excuse for that. No. What the fuck are you doing? They did Nia Jax and uh, Alicia Fox. That's what they did. Because seeing her squash Fox through the barricade didn't get the point home enough, I guess. Um, But yeah, just... What else was on this show that could have been cut? Unfortunately, you probably didn't need to have the Cruiserweight title on there unless it was the, uh, the Clash of Champions theme that they couldn't shave off five minutes of a couple matches and, like you said, let the Shining Stars and Enzo and Cass do something. Or make it a fucking six-man. Yeah. Sammy and Jericho, or Sammy and Enzo and Cass against Shining Stars and Jericho. That'd work. Do... Have Jericho say he's given them the gift of Jericho, and maybe that's a down payment on a a timeshare. Yeah, that's just fucking... I don't know. It's it's oh, so much. It hurts it ama- my heart. It amazes me how with what is it like twenty six people that write raw or whatever it is, some nonsense like that. That they with half the roster, they still can't manage to balance this out. They have three hours a week and an overrun, but they can't get this. Even the pay per views have overruns now, and they can't get this stuff together. Let me right now. You have no tag teams. Shining stars. Golden truth. Throw two guys together and let them do something. Just do something. Have a division, not three teams. Because right now you've got Enzo and Cass who don't go near the tag team titles. Ever. Have they even mentioned wanting to be tag team champions? Mm, In months? So. Unless they're like the big challengers eventually, which I don't know if WWE is smart enough to pull that off. If they are, I don't think they've planned it that far ahead. Um... Anderson and Gallows, who have now lost twice, and um, uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, who are so thrown together in the last, what, 48 hours. There is no division here. Why do we need titles for this? Or, whereas on SmackDown, there's, what, four teams, six teams, and that's a more more complete division right now. Absolutely. The, The division with six teams in it is more and one of them is the ascension. Hey. Is more is more hey. complete. You stop. Um, speaking of complete, I am completely lost still on what is what 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 this Roman Reigns situation. He disrespects the man's wedding. He disrespects the man's wife. Rusev tries to defend his wife, gets his ass kicked, uh, loses the belt, and then the next night. Roman Reigns beats the shit out of him with a chair for no fucking reason. Rusev was trying to crawl away. America. What is happening around here? What the fuck is this shit? An excuse to set up a cell match because the calendar says we gotta have a cell match in October. I suppose so. A cell chair match. Why not? They did a stairs match a couple years ago. Why not? I just... I don't... 
Like, Roman Reigns is even... Like, they're not even pretending to... Are they trying to go with, like, a badass, like, doesn't care thing? Is that what this is? Or I, Dude, honestly, I think they're just going with, here's Roman Reigns, he's the top star, go with it. I don't think they've actually given any thought to what his character actually is anymore. I truly don't. I think they're just going with, he's Roman Reigns, he's big, he's tough, he spears people, and Superman punches them 37 times a match. And uh, that's it. And now, Oh, and now he's U.S. champion. I don't think they've given any thought to his direction, his character. It's just Roman Reigns is a top star, and that's all the effort we have to put into it. Which is really frustrating when you have Chris Jericho, who is now on like the 19th amazing reinvention of himself. Yeah. And Reigns is the... Reigns, what is different about Roman Reigns, other than the titles he's won, than the day he debuted on, on, at, uh, at what was it, Survivor Series in 2012? He is the, almost the same guy. And, but now he's a multiple-time world champion and the U.S. champion and actually got a lot of good, uh, a lot of good cheers on Monday. The fans, were in, okay. the fans were into him on Monday, mm. which I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's not closing the show anymore, or at least right now, when he's not beating the world champion in a non-title match. That is pretty interesting. That is like a pretty big, big thing for like the U.S. title. Like that was the guy who closed WrestleMania in front of 100,000 people Yeah, with the belt. Yep, uh, but I think a lot of it is that's where Reigns should have been two years ago, and people, I think people understand that Reigns has talent. They're just kind of bored with him and sick of him. Um, Reigns has talent, and anyone that says otherwise just doesn't get it. He's boring as sin at times, especially whenever he tries to talk. Uh, he's probably the worst talker of the three. Rollins is way ahead of him. Ambrose is getting real good. Yeah, yeah. It depends on what Ambrose is talking about that mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as long as he's not on a podcast. I still say that wasn't that bad. Um, awkward, yes. Bad, no. But anyway. Um, he reigns... I don't know if you watch the uh, the Legends with JBL show. Um, yeah. yeah. Diesel, or Nash had it right. Diesel was in that same place that yeah. Reigns was in, where Reigns was just this monster who had someone around like Sean to do the most of the talking for him and mm-hmm. to just like do the the character stuff and he had that uh, reigns had that with rollins and ambrose but and yeah he's amazing when you just let him cut loose and start hurting people but he doesn't stand on his own well because i mean uh, lightning round style question name one thing i should cheer for about roman reigns Uh, especially not now. I don't know. I don't know what. There's, there's nothing there. Name one thing you know about Roman Reigns. That he... Well, they did that little get to know him. Well, that was fucking last year, though. See what I mean? There's nothing there. He's He is one of the least developed characters that they've had in a long time, and he's, what, a three- or four-time world champion? <laughs> yeah, right. He's a triple crown winner. But there's just, there's I'll nothing. tell you what he is. You know what I know about him? He's not a bad guy. He's not a good guy. He's the guy. The best part is that's what my... Face, that, KB. <laughs> that's what, that's what the, other than that, and he's pretty, that's all the wife could say on the way home. She, she was like, give me a minute. I'll think of something. He'd still be all those things if he was yeah. a fucking villain, like his character. Yep. Oh, just, like, like we said before, just picture him saying that I'm the guy with a suit on, some sunglasses, and then, or like, just a little wink. Yeah. We're being, we're being villainous because the whole, 
like the first 40 minutes of the show is going to be straight negativity before we get to the yeah. fun stuff. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's get into the negativity main event here. Mm-hmm. That thing that happened. I, like I said last week, I'm almost starting to regret. Why are we still doing a, a doing a, a fucking an angle from almost twenty years ago? Twenty well, years ago, KB, we've had a version of this fucking storyline pretty much consistently for twenty years. Yeah. You want to have you want to um you want to have your mind blown for a second here when this really kind of sunk into me the other night because it's all about her. Do you know how long Stephanie McMahon has had some kind of authority in WWE? Funny that you mentioned this because that's where I was going to go on this segment. Mm. I was like, oh, I'm playing video games. I feel like tossing on some WWE Network. I was working my way through the old Raws and the old stuff. And I'm like, okay, let me pop on where I was left off in Raw. I pop it on. It's uh, just about to start in the summer of 2000. Oh, yeah. Guess what the main fucking storyline is? Mm Mm-hmm. Triple H and Stephanie running the fucking show. Fuck. Seven, uh, nearly seventeen years now. Just let that one sink in for a minute. Steve Austin's whole career was about fourteen years. Stephanie McMahon has had a position of authority pretty much entirely for all for longer than Steve Austin was a professional wrestler. That could be a fun... We'll do a fun segment next week where we'll do um, things that Stephanie McMahon has been an on-camera authority figure along with Triple H for longer than. To put that in perspective, think about this. Vince McMahon was revealed as the owner in, what, 97? Yeah. That's that's where I'm going with... uh, We've had some version of this storyline. We've had some version of the storyline for nearly 20 years now. Yeah. And it doesn't change. It doesn't. Um, and the problem right now is the main story... Okay, over on... To compare it to SmackDown a little bit, AJ Styles beat John Cena clean. And then he beat Dean Ambrose. He's beaten the... T- as he put it, there's no rivalry between the, the two, between the three of them because he's beaten both of them. Kevin Owens, right now, the world heavyweight champion, is what, the fifth biggest star on Raw? Reigns, Stephanie, Triple H... Um, Someone I'm forgetting. Reigns, Rollins, probably. KB, the Iraq War. (laughs) Started and ended. Yeah. Well within the confines of the time that this fucking storyline has been continuing to go on. Yep. Yes, it has. Like I said, we'll do a fully fleshed out segment of hilariousness, of things that have come and gone. Things that have come, began, and ended. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, though, you have Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens as the top story, and they're fighting to prove who the who, authority was right about. Who the authority likes better and who they should like better. The fucking two... You have two... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You have two of the top five performers on planet Earth right now. hmm And, and their storyline is... Proving who should have the authority's affection. Fucking kill me, please. Spare me the grief. Yep. And on top of the and just what else do you have in there? 
You have Reigns, who just came in and stole a win over Owens, which apparently we're just going to ignore. That's not referenced. Uh, you have Stephanie yelling at Foley, who apparently yeah, she won. That's how bad that's gotten, is you'll beat the champion clean, and then they won't even fucking mention it! At least when Rollins was getting beat clean every other fucking week, they would it would be mentioned, and it would be like, oh, well, I beat you, so I get to have the... They just, it just happened, and they dropped it! Shouldn't the whole point of the authority of who loves the authority, who does the authority love more? You would think Stephanie and Triple H would be like, I don't know, mad at Owens for that happening. Or Stephanie should be mad at Foley for setting up that match. No? Okay, let's move on and just let Stephanie yell about whatever she was yelling about for the better part of three minutes on Monday. While Foley just stands there and takes it. Because he can stand up to The Undertaker, but not Stephanie, because Stephanie is Stephanie. Well, you know, Holy Foley is uh, that season's coming on, wrapping on up. So, well, by wrapping up, you mean they aired five episodes, and we haven't heard about anything else since. So, Foley yeah. will be uh, hitting the route, hitting the road soon enough. Probably. I wonder who is going to join Stephanie on air as another authority figure. Huh. All right, that's yeah. it. That is it. That is it. 41 minutes in of being pissed. Now. Speaking of authority figures, this is a great way to show a juxtaposition between Raw and the much better show, SmackDown. Yep. And I, you might remember this. I don't. and Because I, I was just, I didn't notice it at the time. And I was thinking about it before when I was on my way here to, to record this show. Was Daniel Bryan or Shane McMahon even on SmackDown? No, they were not. They weren't even on the show at no, they were not. all. No, they were not. That's a, a prime fucking example of why SmackDown is so much of an easier watch, of why it's so much better. Why? Because Shane and Daniel Bryan are what authority figures should be in wrestling. Yep. They are not the main storyline. They are not the main villain. They are not the main... They are conduits through which energy passes to create things going forward, to create momentum, to create heat, to create action. It's not about them. They are the causation. They are the middle of it that enhances it. Daniel Bryan enhances the Miz's heat, which enhances the heat of whoever he's going against in a feud at the time. Um, shame they both are there just to make things happen and have energy bounce off of them, not suck it away. Well, as luck would have it, about, oh, two hours ago, I posted a column on WrestlingRumors.net entitled, SmackDown is Better. Uh, The first point of this, the authority figures did not appear on SmackDown this week. Oh, see? Same, yeah. same wavelength. There you yeah. go. To give you, an, to give you an idea of how Ryan Ward has taken over and made things better, um, earlier this week on NXT, where you can still feel Ward's presence, um, the show opened with Then, Now, and Forever, as it always does. And then Commissioner William, or GM William Regal made an announcement. I'll spare you spoilers, because you probably will want to watch the show. And they were then on to the opening sequence. The time it took for Then, Now, and Forever and the announcement to be made, 72 seconds. 
you can get on, get out, and be done in less than half the time that Stephanie yelled at McFoley on my And uh, William Regal is, uh, is also a- another tremendous example of it. Oh, he's perfect. He's just there to be a, literally a commissioner to mm-hmm. settle fucking grievances, to do what's best for the show, to move things along and make rulings on situations that require rulings. Yep. Same thing with Daniel Bryan and Shane. Um, I mean, fuck. That one segment, the one segment with The Miz and Daniel Bryan has gotten, has taken somebody and elevated them more than, ten times more than anything that fucking Triple H and Stephanie has done for fucking anybody. Yeah. So, there you go. What did we think of, uh, what did you think of the Wyatt Orton deal from SmackDown this week? Good. Uh, I'm still not entirely sure what happened at the end. Yeah, that was a kind of a fucking... I feel like they kind of went off the rails a little bit there right at the end. Yeah. I thought I, my DVR was fucking up. Um, yeah, I was like I, clicking in. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? But it was yeah. the way it was supposed to be. I've heard suggestions ranging from that didn't actually happen and it was Bray's illusion, which apparently we can film. Uh, well, that was the thing about it that was weird. Like... <laughs> like when the part when uh, Rowan was hiding on the other side of that door, yeah. Like, why was there a camera there? Like, I'm, perfectly yeah. framed. Like, I, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Pretty well done. It was pretty genuinely fucking creepy in a few instances. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I did. I, I did, too. I have always wondered, though, in in a situation like that, hey, where's Bray hiding? I don't know. Why don't we follow the camera cords? Yeah. The camera setups were a little bit weird. I guess yeah. we were supposed because, like, how do you go from a live sports presentation to now we're supposed to feel like we're watching a movie? Yeah. And so the camera being there is just your point of view. It's not a camera posted backstage. You know what I mean? It's just kind of yeah. hard to... Make that crossover when also, you're. Also, uh, how did Orton know to go where to go to get to that like weird arrow thing? Maybe that was just the general locker room where everybody was supposed to be. Why not? Um, but I did Fucking like a. it. I did like it though. Again, if this just ends in another Bray Wyatt loss, so. So, um, are we going to? Are we going to help? Are we going to prov- provide extra bottles of perfume? Are we gonna like load the Miz's boot? Are we gonna sli- are we gonna personally fly there and slide him brass knucks under the ring so he can end fucking Dolph Ziggler's miserable ass career? Because this is one of those some of all our fears type situation where it just would be too good to be true that he'd fucking end his career. Yeah, but the only alternative is there's no, there is no good alternative. Maybe if he goes to NXT. But other than that, there is, there is no good alternative to because either it's going to be yet another fucking worthless Dolph Ziggler Intercontinental title reign. Mm-hmm. If this tremendous Miz run ends with fucking Dolph Ziggler winning that belt, yeah, I might actually vomit on this podcast just just everywhere. Um. Or his career's quote unquote ended. Loser leaves town, and then we get to see how useful he'd definitely be on fucking Raw. 
Yeah. That's the last thing in the world we ever could want in a thousand fucking years. But is, <sighs> what, is there, what is there left for Ziggler to do? Go away. I have lost... Ziggler lost me completely a long time ago. Um, and there's just nothing to him. He's the guy that comes out there and wrestles really hard. You mean exactly what the fucking Miz said? Yeah. Miz has been Miz has been hitting us with the re- he's a re- That would be a cool little gimmick. They should go with that. Because you know how he was a reality TV yeah. star? Well, he brings the reality in his promos, right? So they, that's what one of the things something they could call him, one of his little nicknames, the the reality star. Well, I mean, it sounds a little bad news barity, but I mean and the problem with that is it might work, and they'd have to bury him as soon as they could. Yeah. What do we? What, what, what do you got? What do you think's going down? What, what do you think's going to go down here? Hopefully, Ziggler's shoulders for three. Um, I just—it was a good segment. It's one of those segments where if you can get over the fact that I do not care one bit about Dolph Ziggler, I think it's funny how WWE understands so much how we feel about Dolph Ziggler, that they're like, well, the only way we can get people to care about Dolph Ziggler is, <laughs> is, to, is to dangle in front of everyone that he might fucking go away forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I fucking care now. I really want to see what happens in this match now because Dolph Ziggler might be gone. Well, apparently there's going to be a lot of misfits uh, for that yeah. match. I, yeah. I, um, I don't know. Just, a misery. Yeah. You you can do better than that one. Making me miserable. <laughs> That's fucking thing. Um, it just the segment was good. It was one of those segments where it was very similar to the to the Sheamus and Cesaro matches. Yeah, they're good. I have no. I do not care. I have seen this too many times. I have seen Ziggler do his big serious promo way too many times. We just it just happened last month and the month before that. Well, yeah. that's what I meant. SummerSlam yeah. is what I was... Yeah. yeah. SummerSlam. He did it at um, uh, Backlash. Do something else, man. Did he you... start crying? I was like, are you I... crying, bro? It seemed like... <laughs> I, he really did. He's voice... I don't know. Just I, I, I have a real hard time caring about anything Dolph Ziggler does. And... Putting his career on the line, okay, it might be worth about $14 on the street. Maybe if you spot a guy $14, but remember Survivor Series 2014 when that was supposed to be the thing that turned him around? It came after when he won the title uh, beforehand, and that was supposed to turn his career around. And it, Ziggler has spent most of his career trying to turn his career around. It just hasn't worked. Well, I hope he turns around and walks out the door. Uh, um, that would be nice. Something that I wasn't interested in before, but I am now, and it looks like the WWE has heard. They have their, you know, they have their moles out there. They have their their secret agents who are listening to the podcast and reject most of it, but they did do one thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? There was a certain tag team who they fucking were like, hey. We're giving them new characters. Maybe we should put uh, the slightest amount of effort into this. Yeah, yeah, um, it helped. I would. I really need to hear more promos from them. I really, I really yeah. do. But uh, this is a great fucking start. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, the, the, it's fairly clear what they're setting up with it, and that's fine. Um, 
it's fairly clear that we're probably going to get new champions at No Mercy and then just have them do the I kind of don't understand why they didn't just do that in the first place, but well, I guess, you know, long-form storytelling and we got to fill, you know, so many pay-per-views and so many hours. Well, for one thing, that did give them a good way to get Slater signed up. And that that was yeah. a nice that was a nice payoff to that. Uh, Slater and Rhino have really good chemistry together. Mm-hmm, they do. So just just let them have some fun with that. The it's above fun. ground pool was fucking that that popped that popped me. That made yeah. me laugh the other night when they showed yeah. that. There's so there's that there's just Slater is one of those guys where well you know what we don't have anything else so why not? Why not? What else? Do, what do we have to lose? It'll be a fun little run and then yeah. it'll be good when uh I'm the the wrestling in in. Khaki pants is kind of weirds <laughs> me out. I like how they started using the, the Tequila Sunrise though. Is there? Yeah, as especially their like a, stuff like, like that, like a lion tamer version of it yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was nice. Real brutal. Um, I really appreciate the development. Yeah, so that feud's going good, and it's cool that we have a, co- a a combination of teams that are involved in it. Yeah. Um, another feud that's going real well. Man, I I really liked how fucking uh how Alexa Bliss jumped Becky Lynch. Yeah. Yeah, who she was apparently going to be fighting herself because there's no one left in the division. Yeah, I don't know, but I like the segment. I like the way yep. they're pushing the program, yep. building everybody up. Everybody seems very underrated thing here. Um, Nikki Bella is putting over Carmella like fucking crazy. She is. She really is. Again, this is Ryan Ward shining through. He knows how to take one little thing and build that up so it can be used as something later. This is something WWE hasn't been able to do for years. I had to go take a real long, hard look at myself in the mirror the other night and say, am I appreciating Nikki Bella's presence? What is happening here? What the fuck? But... SmackDown's good. They're using her the right way. Yeah. Carmella's getting built up. Good. I'm fucking all about it. And yeah. that's another thing is, thank goodness, this is this is crazy. I know people out there have to be floored right now. Like, the positivity is just, is just it's like we're the new day. Um, the positivity is flowing here. But they took Carmella, who, without the association with Enzo and Cass, has a really fucking annoying and heelish character they presented her as a face it flopped like crazy and they flipped her around and made her into a fucking heel and she's like a really effective heel now Mm -hmm. it's almost like they listen Mm. and they adjust instead of saying this is what we're doing get over it it's like a wrestling promotion it's tremendous yeah the world title scene on smackdown Yes. I am pretty pretty hyped about uh, this triple threat that's going down. I love the direction that Dean Ambrose's character and the promos and the stuff he's doing is going. Once again, I become concerned about what exactly is going to happen after No Mercy. Mm-hmm. As um, we, we mentioned this last week, right? So it's not a spoiler right anymore. The John Cena thing. Yeah, 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 we did. John Cena's going away to... Uh, record to film the second uh, season of his show, um, the American Grit. American Grittiness, yeah, American Grit. Is that was called, yeah, American Grit. He's going away to to film that after the show, so he's obviously not going to win. And it looks like they're turning D. Ambrose heel. So, 
I don't know, but I know it's probably going to be pretty fucking good, and I like the yeah. way they're building it. Solid yeah. stuff. I, I do want, I mean, are we really just going to do Orton again? It, it's, I mean, he's really all they've got left in that role. Because SmackDown doesn't really have a mid-card right now. Unless they debut someone over there. Uh, someone from Raw. Too bad. Too bad there's nobody from Raw that we just talked about that's not getting used very much. Yeah. Could come over and be awesome. Or like, you know, it's not like Sami Zayn was on, was appeared before the crowd twice it's, on Monday. He is someone who we talked about, said that, we said that about last week. Yeah. Both of them. I mean, it's not like he was on Superstars and got a huge pop, then came out after the show was over, uh, after the show was over to save Enzo and got a huge pop again. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm interested. So we're both uh, on board pretty much thinking that yeah, SmackDown is going to take this one home. You can tell SmackDown was good. We don't have much to say about it. <laughs> it was it was a good show. The The angles made sense. The match made sense. The, the, match match the angles good. make sense. The, the match matches are solid. Everybody has value. Although there is one, if I may nitpick. Uh, what the fuck happened to Baron Corbin and Jack Swagger? Uh, well, uh, Corbin was last seen this week on main event losing to Kane. Yeah. I don't, uh, don't understand. (laughs) I don't (laughs) know. Don't know where that's going to. Too fucking bad Callisto had to get hurt. Yeah. That would be a great little fucking, just like a one month little deal Mm -hmm. where they could put him in against AJ Styles and have a crazy match where Callisto probably almost fucking kills himself because he always yeah. does that when he gets into big matches. Yeah. There's so many possibilities. Um, I'd love to see them actually, like, build somebody new up. They yeah. haven't done that. Um, other than AJ, who re- you really don't have to build AJ Styles up. Yeah, it's fucking AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, SmackDown rocks right now. SmackDown it's, rocks. Check it it's out. It's a better show. In, it's basically NXT for two hours. I don't even know how to how to intro this next segment. It's <laughs> uh, are we talking about this thing we talked about earlier on in the show? <laughs> if that's the case, uh, may I take the intro on this one? Oh, uh, where to even begin? I <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You um, got something on your mind. I'm having flashbacks to the season finale of the of the Nickelodeon series Doug. I'll explain that here because the look Please on your face is very yeah. There's a scene where, for some reason, Doug is imitating Bruce Willis from Die Hard by crawling through air vents. I'll spare you, know, you the details. You know what it makes me fucking think of? The end of the series called Dinosaurs. You know what the limitation <laughs> <shot> the fucking <laughs> asteroid hits the Earth and kills fucking everyone? That's I, I, what it makes me think of. Correction, it wasn't an asteroid. It was global warming because they destroyed the land that Beatles uh, made it in to make a wax root factory. Get your old, old uh, animatronic TV series correct. Continue. Yeah, um, and he's crawling through the air ducts, and he sees a yodeling librarian dancing on one of the tables, singing, They're gone for good, the little brats good riddance. So That's what I thought of. The story here, ladies and gentlemen, is that TNA wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we so happy about this? Oh! Oh, because there's too few things that are as good as when people get what they deserve. All right. 
TNA wrestling is supposed to be recording BFG, Bound for Glory, Bound for Gone with the Wind, uh, and Impact tapings this weekend. By the way, for those that don't know, because only about 300,000 people watch it every week, TNA, TNA is a wrestling promotion, just so you know. <laughs> well, yes. they kind of are. It's more like a wrestling promotion whose name is a euphemism for tits and ass yeah. in year 2016. Because yeah. that's what kind of great business sense these motherfuckers have. Okay, so they're just about out of money. Again. Well, they, no, they are out of money. They do not have money to fund. Their main, what used to be their version of WrestleMania, and their TV tapings this weekend. They're trying to work on a deal to secure some sort of funding to make that happen. But, for all intents and purposes, now this is a story that updates every few hours. So, by the time, shit, by the time this releases, by the time you all are hearing it, um... This could go either way. This could have already been done, or something in the 11th hour could have happened, or who knows. What we got right now. They're trying to secure funding. If they can't not secure funding by the close of the business day on Friday, uh, they're, like, done. Yeah, you won't be seeing Bound for Glory, and that's going to be lawsuit time. TNA is uh, gone, mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen by Friday. Funny enough... And this is what I've been teasing all day that I was going to tell you is what I heard and have read. Now, I there's people who are more business savvy who might have an idea of what I'm trying to say better than what I can say right now. But basically, the way that they've been funding the 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 TV tapings and the pay-per-view, not pay-per-view because they're not on pay-per-view, but they're special events, yeah. is they've basically been selling very small uh, stock in the company, amounts yeah. of the company to yeah. whoever, right? Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure at this point I own part of TNA. Yeah. Um. So this has been happening for when they go to pop a year ago, less than a year. Okay. So at this point, and this is this is the thing I've been holding on to. You can react to this after I say it. Okay. At this point, and this is no shit. At this point, so many people own a part of TNA that it's making it a complete dumpster fire trying to arrange the sale of TNA in its totality. Because imagine, you know, the political, the legal wrangling that needs to happen. Oh, yeah. From one fucking person to another fucking person. Well, and now it's a hundred people who have yeah. negotiated it and worked with and gotten together to make this sale happen. And that is a big part of why they cannot fucking get it sold or get something figured out by Friday. Because not only do they need to do this with one or two, it's, it's like 50 people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, uh, there's there's some company called like, it's it's like some French name. It's like Arlu Productions or Fair something. Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. That company uh, that apparently like I guess TNA outsources their production to them or yeah, something. Yeah. And basically, because TNA couldn't pay them, apparently they own the trademark of TNA or something at the moment. Or it's something like that. They own a, they own something significant. It's like a, TNA is like a company, like Impact Productions or something. I don't remember. 
but they own a big chunk of it. I'm sure there's just a bunch of rich people who write checks, and I'm sure they're going to be thrilled with dropping whatever they're doing over the next two days to sign off on this. Uh, yeah, I mean, those tapings allegedly cost, I read somewhere of up to like $800,000 oh, to do it. To do it. Shit. Yeah. Wow. Well, think about it. You got to fly people in. You got to pay them. You got to pay production. You got to rent the place. Yeah. You got to. There's got to be. Imagine all the post work that has to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can't misprint stuff in Hall of Fame videos for free. <laughs> I, I didn't tell you about that. <laughs> yeah, in Gail Kim's Hall of Fame video, it said that she had held the, the knockouts title five times for a total of 276 days. That was how long her her most recent run was. She's held it over two years combined. Ah, <sighs> yeah. Or maybe it's they keep having to fund final deletions, and that's where the money's going. Well, I mean, at least that did something for them. Yeah, got them all up to 400,000 viewers. Or what Raw loses in an hour. Uh, what what do we say about that? That'll be another segment. We'll work on two segments for next week. Okay. We're going to do things that have been that have come and gone since... Stephanie and Hunter started doing the authority storyline. Yeah. And we'll also do list of names of people who have come and gone from TNA. Oh, gosh. We'll start with TJ Perkins and Tony Nese. Uh, you know, the people in the Cruiserweight match on Monday. Samoa Joe, Austin Aries, AJ Styles, uh, uh, CM Punk, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, Dean Ambrose worked a dark match for him once. Yeah. Where do you begin with that company? Where should you begin? Truly, that that should be a special edition episode. We'll just oh, it's gonna have just to do a fucking eulogy for TNA. Can it be like when they had the eulogy for Team 3D with everybody having a hockey po- a hockey stick? That was one of the only good. I'm trying to flash back to good things TNA did. That was funny. Other than that, um, yeah, they had a funeral for Team 3D back like ten years ago. If that makes no sense to you. Um, yeah, it's uh, a, of course. There's always the chance that TNA will survive again. They always do somehow. Always do somehow. So let's. That's what I said. Uh, second to last. Yeah, we'll talk about this, and then when it actually dies this weekend, when you and I are both like 84 years old, or this weekend. Yeah. Then we yeah. will do the segment next week, talking about how it's fucking dead and gone. Even if they survive this weekend, how long does that buy them? A month or two. Well, you keep saying that, but who fucking knows? Well, the other thing to remember, and I keep harping on this, their main source of money right now is Indian television. Mm-hmm. And they, allegedly, that contract is gone if they don't tour India by the end of the year. They can't run Orlando, and they're supposed to go to India? Yeah, that's going to be tough. It's going to be next to impossible at this point. Unless the tour is like one match. Uh, we'll 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 discuss next week after this does or does not happen, um, yeah. because we're fucking run long already. Who we like as far as who's going to go from TNA to WWE if uh, if WWE buys them, which by the way they are one of the main people at the table talking about buying TNA, or if TNA simply burns to the ground and TN- and WWE picks the carcasses. Um, uh, yeah, probably the wolves. If, assuming Richards even wrestles anymore. Well, yeah, I, yeah I assuming Richards doesn't ki- fucking almost cripple himself. Yeah. We'll cover that next week, though, when, yeah. if, if this actually happens. Right yes. now, 
we got to get to our faithful listeners and the mailbag segment. Let's see here. First, 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 first. We will go. Night Shift Loser asks, What dream matches are left? It seems that they're limited with the WWE dominating the business. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, the big one, obviously, is Cena Undertaker, which has happened before, but I don't think you can really count that. Not yet at this level, yeah. No. Uh, that's probably the only real uh, dream match. I mean, uh, people talk about Brian against Lesnar. I don't see why, really. I think it's more along the lines of that was supposed to happen in 2014. It just didn't. That's not really a dream match for me, especially since Brian's head might wind up in a different state than it started the match in. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, Cena Tanahashi? Uh, uh, for a certain segment of yeah, of wrestling viewers. That's not for the masses. Yeah. But, uh, just, I mean, really, with AJ coming over, there's not many... There aren't many big names out there still um, that haven't been in WWE Yeah, at one point or another. Tanahashi is one of the big ones. Uh, yeah, really. I mean, uh, people want to see Sting and Undertaker for reasons I still can't quite wrap my head around, but Sting's done. Um, Undertaker might be done. Um, but really, yeah, the pretty easy answer there is Cena Undertaker. Cena Undertaker is pretty much the only one I can think of. I'm racking my brain. Um, they the, did. They did a uh, Generation Me versus the Hardys down in TNA, didn't they? Yes, they did. Okay, so that was okay. It was okay. Okay, well, that's not the. Well, I will restate though. That's not the same thing as no. It's not the Young Bucks versus the Hardy Boys. No, that's. I mean, you could go there, I suppose. Uh, assuming you don't want to see the young bucks trapped in a dumpster fire like I do. Uh, well, yeah. Assuming. I, well, I'm just talking about you yeah, know, know big name, name value. Yeah. Uh, people um, who would make you shit a brick if they came through the door. Uh, yeah. You're really. It's really limited at this point. It really sort of is. Oh. <laughs> CM Punk against Triple H. <laughs> oh wait, they did that one already, and Triple H went over because he's and Triple didn't H. didn't shave his chest. Um. Jacob Jones asks, this is good, and this is why, Byron Saxton, you motherfucker, I didn't forget you. I oh, told good. you we were coming back. What is your biggest nitpick in wrestling? <sighs> we might need to make a third special show. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, probably, and this is off the top of my head, stories that happen and then, okay, we're just going to forget about those next week. Um, stuff like Stephanie slapping Charlotte, stuff like Stephanie yelling at Brock Lesnar, stuff like almost anything Stephanie does. Stephanie McMahon. I think we've um, yeah we've covered that to, an, to probably a, covered your your dislike yeah. of oh you have no idea you get the toned down version yeah um, the um, a lot just where stuff happens and then we're just supposed to forget about it. We're now supposed to buy Jack Swagger as a big threat. He got beat by Jinder Mahal clean uh, the night before. And we're supposed to be interested in him again. Why? He just lost clean to one of the least interesting wrestlers ever. And we're supposed to be interested in him now? Why? We watched Raw last night. We know what happened. Why should I want to see that now? 
we're, it's never mentioned again. The Owens lost to Reigns, never mentioned again. So far, Triple H screwing Reigns over, never mentioned again. What? Why am I not? Why am I just supposed to forget this? It happened. I watched it happen. You guys talk about various things to no end, and some stuff you never bring up again. Why am I? Why this doesn't matter? And. Other stuff, like you said earlier, the Shining Stars and Enzo and Cass, are we just supposed to forget that was a thing? And Enzo and Cass just kind of lick their wounds? The Shining Stars don't get anything out of it? Why, why does this get a follow-up and this doesn't... It doesn't... I'm not talking about, like, every feud has to go on forever, just, I don't know, mention At least it. put a bow on it. At least yeah. fucking yeah. wrap it up in some sort of way. Have Enzo and Cass come out there and squash the Shining Stars in a minute and a half. That's a conclusion. Otherwise, they're just kind of gone. For me, it's... It's many, many, many things. Mm -hmm. But, uh, clear... Just clear logic breaks. Like, you know, we talked about before, I feel like sometimes that the WWE creative process is so convoluted, and there's so many people on on the creative team that just little common sense things slip by them. Mm. Uh, Dana Brooke not interfering in the match till fucking way later for no reason whatsoever. Um, Byron Saxton is sitting there when Jericho interferes in the title match and this goes a little bit back to your thing. Like, are we just supposed to forget? Um, Jericho interferes in the title match. They're screwing over Rollins. And Byron Saxon is just going on and on, screaming like a wounded woman about, uh, Seth Rollins doesn't deserve this. He, how could you do this to him? I'm like, what the fuck do you mean he doesn't deserve it? Seth Rollins is a piece of shit. It's nothing's changed about his character. Of course he fucking deserves it. You know how many times he did this shit to other people every fucking match for a year? And now you want to say, oh, Seth Rollins, what did he ever do to deserve this? What are you talking about right now? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it's... They have selective memory, and it's really annoying. Which uh, is fine if it's not so blatantly fucking obvious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I remember one of my biggest things, I remember on... Impact about a year ago, somebody uh, uh you I don't even think you watch Impact anymore, and I can't blame you. Austin Aries about a year and a half ago lost. You no, know, it a, sucks. Is I was going to start again, and then this whole shit happened. Oh, uh, sorry, bro. I was going to let you go then. No, I mean no, no. Uh, they mentioned uh, Aries lost a, a career. He no, lost. I, mean, career. I was going to start watching Impact again. That's oh, I, dude, we got to get on the same page. Or yeah, not, no, I was going to start watching Impact again, and then this uh, whole fucking thing and. Yeah, or maybe we shouldn't do these at three in the morning. Um, Aries lost a uh, lost a uh, lost his career in a match, and uh, then they brought him back for this big thirty-two man round robin tournament that went on for four months. Gee, I wonder why the audience died. Um, and uh, Josh Matthews, the commentator, said, "Now some people are probably asking, I why? Yeah. This, yeah, yeah, are probably asking why is Austin Aries allowed to compete here uh, when he lost his career in a." In a, in a wager match. 
well, maybe you should stop paying so much attention to the internet and just watch the show. Stop being some internet keyboarder and go get a life. We're not paying attention to the internet. We're we're watching the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's just pure negligence and, and unprofessionalism from TNA, and this is why they're going out of business. I expect more from the WWE. And yeah. the logic gaps are so glaring sometimes that it's just... Yeah. Yeah, there's no excuse for it. It's There should be, like I don't know, have like... Have a big notepad or something saying, like, remember to do this, or remember this happened, or just something. But, like you said, there's no... We're just supposed to forget that that happened two weeks ago. Rollins has been a face for, what, since, like, just after SummerSlam? Fucking is he? What? <laughs> I mean... He fights heels, I guess he is. I mean, yeah, that's the only thing that we've got to go on. He still whines and snivels like a bitch. He's still... There's nothing that's been really done to make me be like, okay, that guy's a babyface, except for fucking he's gotten fucked over a couple times, which to me is just as karmic as if he was still a heel and getting his comeuppance. I guess we're supposed to go with it because he's fighting. He fights against the authority now, which sort of, yeah, which only started because the authority went after him. It was nothing Rollins did. Well, then you know his promo was like, well, I'm gonna fucking prove to you that you fucked up. Yeah, fuck you, don't call me no more, and like fuck. <sighs> there's no excuse for that and a lot of people would say there's no excuse for this show to be so goddamn long <laughs> we <laughs> are good you won't usually be this long we had a lot to cover we had a lot of stuff new segments TNA had to provide us with some fantastic news to cover um, hallelujah hallelujah yeah so we aren't going to pop your time this much hope you guys have all enjoyed the show we will be back next week covering just Raw and SmackDown, getting ready for yet another pay-per-view, and then possibly doing our very last segment ever on TNA Wrestling. One can only hope. 